Welcome to Dice with Death, where anyone could die with a roll of the dice. I'm your direct messenger, Ollie Bateman, and joining me again for this week's performative Dungeons and Dragons podcast is Chatty Badgers at Jamie Powers. Ark feels a sense of impending dread because he's now technically undead. <laughs> oh, cutting. I yes. love that Adam was just like, ha in the background. <laughs> Yes, as we found out in the last episode, Ark, you are very much undead with a very limited time amount left on this mortal plane. Um, We shall see how that goes over the coming episodes. But I am, of course, also joined by We Are Reaches' Amy Mallet. The sky battle made an awful din, and we're all thinking, did we even win? I'm hoping Moto has a plan beyond just being our biggest stan. Cute that we all had an MOT and a nice little catch-up on the prophecy. Turns out Titus was a super soldier in waiting, and my throaty curse is still really grating. But the biggest news that no one missed is that Ark should really start working on his bucket list. Moto better (laughs) hurry up and start talking, because Daddy Parrot is a dead bird walking. Oh. Poor Ark. Hits in the feels. We always knew that every single one of these was going to be about about Ark. Yes. Oh my God. That was so good, Amy. That was, we haven't had a proper, long, almost rap soliloquy rhyme from you in a while. So that was great. I know. I couldn't think of a rap beat to put it to, but I definitely wanted to do a long one. So there you go. Have a a longie on me. (laughs) Thanks for the longie. Um, (laughs) As a little little callback to all the listeners, I've, I've been listening to a lot of the episodes that we've put out previously. And I got to episode 29, The Creme Fatals, which has got to be the best opening rhyme from Amy Mallet ever because it's um, <laughs> Scotty Doesn't Know. Oh, it is. I forgot about Yes. That. It's so good. Yes. Like if I, I, forgot I if about I, it was Zalu Doesn't Know, wasn't it? Zalu Doesn't, doesn't Know. know. <laughs> so it's, it's, either, it's either 29 or 30, but I can recommend anybody go back and listen to it just to hear how good it was. Because if you like Amy Mallet's raps, and and lyricism you'll enjoy mm. that a lot um, i'm thinking we should do a musical madness episode at some point when we just put all of our <laughs> best raps together because we've been quite a few where we've like mixed it up i am of course also joined by whatculture.com's adam wilborn it's titus bet you're wondering how to get muscles like this pro well i just found <laughs> out i was getting juiced by elmin munro <laughs> he pumped me full of his special little fluid but i'm a barbarian elmin not a druid so I'll focus on what's next for me and the gang. But the next time I see him, I'm going to knock his teeth so far down his throat he's going to have to shove a toothbrush. Up, he's going to have to shove a toothbrush up his ass to clean them. Bang! <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys have come hot today with the rhymes, and I'm absolutely here for it. I'm. It's giving life. It's giving me life. Um, is everybody ready? to continue the adventure. Yes. Yes. Previously on Dice With Death, the gang along with Quilly and Jansper Mapple zoom through the skies of Concretia in the rented station wagon, avoiding the sky fighters attacking the merfolk and battleship in order to get to the galactic gate. The gang questioned whether they had indeed succeeded, even after seeing the manipulator destroyed, thinking of the people of Concretia and what they were leaving behind as the battle in the skies lingered on. The gang said farewell to Janspan Mapple and darted through the galactic gates, where Moto greeted the team on their return and was pleased to meet Alyssa Vixen Steadyheart for the first time, 
wishing her condolences on the loss of her daughter. Vixen demanded a plan from Moto, saying that she wanted justice, while Ark stepped in and said his plan was to go home to his family. Ark pondered the gang's criminality and questioned how easy it would be for them to move around the solar system, while Moto confirmed that having won the champion games gave the gang notoriety and possible sway with leaders of other worlds and people of importance. Moto mentioned that he had formulated the next stages of the plan, but was waiting on Quilly to provide him with the information needed to make the next move. Moto then suggested that a medical examination was the next course of action to take in order to understand the gang's petrosolidus power level increases. Titus went first, and although he displayed perfectly healthy vital signs and an extreme arcane cell count well over 9,000, Moto questioned Titus's new ability to take control, letting him command mechanized weapons with his arms. Titus recalled the time he was arrested by the Solar Navy, while Moto asked him if he knew anything about the Jaeger Project, a secret Solar Naval experiment turning soldiers and athletes into super soldiers, and dropped a bomb on the conversation, confirming that Elmin Monroe was injecting Titus with Blue Arcane in order to sell him to Project Jaeger. Vixen went second, and with her perfectly healthy vital signs and an arcane cell count well over 9,000, she pondered her rebirth, feeling like she did and also did not belong at the same time. Moto reassured Vixen that he was Team Arzatit's biggest fan and wanted to see all of them succeed, but reiterated the point that logically, none of the party could just up and leave to go to their home planet without coming up against a battalion of men. They then both pondered ways of removing Vixen's curse, landing on the idea of a wish stone being powered by a manipulator, an idea Vixen had conceived while atop the Sky Tower in the face of Oni Yakuma. Moto also made Vixen very aware that using such an item to power a wishstone was dangerous, having witnessed manipulators influence his own group the Parlations, turning them into the undead loyalists. He knew that the exchange of a life for a life, interrupted by dark magic, could have terminal consequences. Moto finished up Vixen's medical and asked if he could do a candlelit vigil in honour of Zakaya that evening, to which he agreed. Ark then ventured in for his medical, and although his arcane cell count was that of over 12,000, Moto, through the readout of the vital signs from the MRI machine, confirmed that Ark was technically undead and only had three months to live. Moto confirmed to Ark that eventually his body would start breaking down, and that there would be surefire signs of his now cursed body catching up to him. Ark asked if Moto was going to try and convince him to carry on with the prophecy, with Moto saying that he only deals in logic and facts, stating that if Ark wanted to execute his plan to go home, they'd need to put the work in beforehand to make that happen. Ark understood, and told Moto that when the time came, where Ark's body was on the verge of giving up, he'd use everything he had left to fuck some shit up. Ark then went about setting up the ceremony to honour Zakaya Rubbledusk, making small wooden statues in honour of her and all the fallen along their travels. He made a bear to represent Zack, a small bird to represent his son Ulrich, a wrestling belt to represent Titus's dad, three goblins to represent Quilly's family, and a symbol of the Parlations for Moto. After everyone had spoken about the dead, the figurines evaporated into brilliant stardust as a familiar song of times gone by echoed in everybody's mind. And that's where we are now. You all spend the night reminiscing about the fallen, heads full of memories and hearts full of love for those you have lost. Is there anything anyone would like to do before you all settle down for a long rest? Well, we've had a long day, a very long, very emotional day. I think I just need uh, a long rest. 
mm. and uh, tackle the day tomorrow. Yeah, we've all had a lot of really big revelations, haven't we? So I think a good sleep is going to help everyone. And I want to know wee Moto's before bed, plan. obviously. Go for a wee before bed, but beyond that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And clean your teeth as well. And I yeah, don't yeah. just mean like a quick, quick go over. I mean like no. floss and um, uh, maybe a bit of Listerine if Moto's got any yeah. handy. Sit down, wee, as well. Treat yourself. I think Ark has a, a water pick. Like he's like that age where he's got his, his own little water Ooh. pick for his beak. So I think he'll do he'll do a bit of water picking around his nose as well because they're kind of, you know, bird noses are a bit weird, mm. aren't they? So they are. They're quite um, bone like, yeah, aren't so they? They're solid just and they've blast yeah. up his nose as well. See what happens. And I think when you said like, he's <laughs> gonna have weed before bed, but he knows he's gonna be up at some point having another. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's that age. <laughs> he goes for wee number yes. one <laughs> for the yeah. evening. Uh, Ark knows that there's a wee number two and a wee number three coming like over the night. That's cool. Um, okay, will you all? Um, you all take care of your ablutions for the night. You brush your teeth. You um, you you d- use a water pick. You put on your gowns and your slippers if you're that way inclined. Um, and you can all settle down in the quarters that Moto has set up for you. Um, Ark, I ask this every single time, but are you in a bunk bed or are you sleeping in a chair? Um, the, uh, there's some rafters in here, aren't there? From there what are. I remember. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna fly up to the rafters and sleep in the rafters if I can. Okay, you fly on up to the rafters above the quarters that you're all staying in and you kind of, you do what you've always done, which is keep a watchful eye over your party Mm. Um, and you all settle down for a night. It's the most peaceful night's sleep you have all had in such a long time. Like, if any of you do have dreams through the night, they are... The sweetest, most nostalgic dreams that you've ever encountered, you know, over the last five years of your life on this material plane. Your ceremony um, to all the fallen um, has seemed to put some of your minds at rest and put closure on a lot of things that have happened over this campaign. Um, You fall asleep with echoes of a very specific song dancing through all of your minds and you all awake the next day to the smell of hot coffee and eggs and bacon wafting through the cavern in the next room you hear the sounds of improvisational jazz being played on an old record player that hums and hisses as the record connects with the needle what do you all do I'm going to get myself some eggs and bacon, 100%. I'm actually not going to get any bacon. I like to think that uh, Vixen's maybe a little bit, I don't know, she's not vegan, she's not sort of quite there, but maybe she's not, she's a bit of an animal lover, so I think she's going to go for, um, is it regular pig bacon or is it like fantasy pig bacon? Is it like wild boar? (laughs) It's whatever selection of bacon you want it to be. I'm sure that Moto can, um, can whip up some... Uh, some some vegan bacon, absolutely. I think she's going to have some scrambled eggs on toast. That's what she's going to have. Very nice, very good choice. With a a nice uh, nice milky coffee. Lovely. Ark and Titus, what are you doing to the smell of eggs and bacon wafting up your nostrils? A shot of caramel to put in a latte, by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> 
for sure. Yeah, you see, um, you see on the Titus has developed a taste for the finer things. Yeah, you see, um, you see an array of syrups that you can have with a various like frappes and mochas and all that kind of stuff just to wake you up in the morning. <laughs> There's a selection of coffees on the go. Absolutely. Oh look, and I'll have the bacon that Ark that uh, sorry that Vixen's not eating. I'll have her share. Okay. The the the. So- I'd like to call it suffering bacon. I want animals to have truly suffered. <laughs> okay. It's it, the taste of suffering makes it nicer, right? Yeah. It's, it's like foie sweet, gras. Sweet that's delicacy. What, that's what makes it so good mm-hmm. and not not completely <laughs> detestable to to do that to a complete defenseless animal. Uh, I think Ark is gonna uh, fly off his perch and probably just do a few laps of the of the room because he hasn't really done that much flying. Well, he has done a bit of flying, hasn't he? He's a couple of laps of the room and then he's gonna. Um, swoop down talons extended and take a couple of croissants if it's like a danish pastry he's going to take one of them as well yeah this this is this is a full-on like uh, continental hotel breakfast if he wants it oh there's, nice there's cooked there's continental there's like cured meats and cheeses and stuff there's fruit there's there's a there's like a, a a literal granola bars if you want them you know it's it's all there for you so take it's the creme want. creme fatals oh there's creme fatals there's breakfast yogurt drinking drink. yogurts 100 percent Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm going to chow down on some uh, scrambled egg and toast. You see Mr. Moto Hirokoshi um, with a uh, cup of coffee um, walking, pacing up and down the end of the dinner table. You see Quilly, who is sat at the table, scoffing away some food while also making notes in his uh, little, you know, journalistic pad. He's also darting back and forth between the computer the, the big intelligence computer that's in the room, making notes um, and just trying to get things ready. Um, and Mr. Moto Hirokoshi goes, Ah, yes, Team Arzatik, good morning. I've laid on a selection of food and beverages. Please, please, help yourself. You you must you must eat. We've we've got a very busy day ahead of us. Thank you, Moto. This is this is absolutely blinding. And may I just say, probably the best night's sleep I think I've had since maybe resurrection you know <laughs> this side of my resurrection the best sleep i've had no mind shadows or anything sweet no mind shadows this time you guys have not experienced mind shadows in your dreams for a for a little while now oh it's been heaven <laughs> it's been bliss and we all know listeners how actually scared amy mallet is of mind shadows in real life so um... there's been so many times where i've gone to bed after a D session and i'm just like oh no oh no yeah. <laughs> um but Moto gauges the feeling in the room of you all having a great night's sleep and having some closure um, with the ceremony that Ark and everybody else put on last night. And he says, so, the plan. Are you ready to hear the next stages of our plan? I certainly am. I'm ready. How about you, Ark? Yeah, let's hear it. Just to be, just to clarify, Ark does not know that Titus knows that Titus and me know about his yeah. condition. He doesn't know that. I don't but know. You do. know they know. <laughs> but we also know, Rachel, we know that they don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ark is none the wiser that me and Titus know about his fate. Yeah. To summarise it, you guys did a very good, st- well, I say you did a very good stealth check. You did stealth checks to listen through a glass through the door and Ark rolled a nap yeah. one to hear anything yeah. or hear you guys <laughs> outside of it. So he does not know. But after he walked out yesterday, you could feel how he was feeling. You all kind of know something's going on. It's not completely alien to you. Um, yeah. 
so yeah, that's kind of the stages where we're at. Um, and I suppose we also don't want to ask because we know he's not the kind of person who's going to reveal too much anyway. So, yeah. yes. Don't ask, don't tell. Ask me no questions, I'll tell you no lies. Don't ask, don't <laughs> tell. That's great. Okay, lovely stuff. Um, yeah, Moto says, so the plan. Okay, right. And he starts scrambling through bits of paper. Uh, and Quilly kind of looks at him a bit annoyed because he's just organised all this paper and like puts it all back together. But Moto Hirokoshi turns to you all while you're at this breakfast table and says, The whereabouts of the final remaining manipulators and their caretakers, the undead loyalists, are a mystery. Idu Ra was said to be the only member of the undead loyalists who knew every manipulator's location and every identity of the undead loyalists. But with his ascent to the head of the group, he's a dead end at this point. But there is no smoke without fire. Quilly, tell them what you've got. Right then, listen up, Team Arzatit. There's a rumour going round within the criminal network on the planet of Eid, that's the red lava planet closest to our sun, Valkanin, in case anyone needed reminding, that an armed transit convoy transporting military-grade digging equipment and weaponry owned and operated by a company rumoured to be owned and operated by an undead loyalist regularly fudges their cargo manifest, with workers being paid off to keep shtum about the old thing. This is only ever done when illegal, priceless or powerful items are being transported, but it ain't too much out of the ordinary about that. It's just normally a few single items. My criminal contact has come upon a draft of a cargo manifest, a manifest that is drafted by the company but not submitted to the authorities, that details of the exact specifications of a shipment and when it's being transported. And wouldn't you bloody well know it, there's not just a few items missing, there's a whole fucking cargo carriage that is unreported as part of that transport. Now that is unheard of. Moto Hirokoshi steps in and says, Anecdotal accounts of some of the transport company workers have reported classified documents being aboard the missing carriage, along with a mysterious and glowing birdbath-like statue no bigger than, say, you, Ark. Your mission, oh. Team Arzatit, is to travel to the burning bucket in the city of Pyro on the planet of Eid, Meet with the criminal contact Quilly has been in touch with. Buy the information from him to confirm that it is indeed the second manipulator on board the convoy, along with the classified documents detailing the whereabouts of the other manipulators and the undead loyalists, and destroy that manipulator on board the convoy. Any questions? Quite a few. Titus, go first. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Quilly, are you going to finish that? I pointed the sausage on his plate. Nah, it's all right, mate. You have it. You're a grown boy. Right, and I've no more questions for me. Thanks. <laughs> That's your question. <laughs> you heard all that, and that's yeah. your question. Wow. Uh, Sorry, I'll be, I'll be honest. I haven't been concentrating. I was just, I was really, really hoping he was going to say he wasn't eating that sausage. So there's something about a cargo ship and a manifest, and uh, it's all sausages after that. If I'm honest. <laughs> You're like, yes, talking sausage. We will do exactly <laughs> as you say. <laughs> And it just like the idea of Quilly, just like this giant wiener, just like blah 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 blah. blah. 
Yeah, the only the only bit that the only bit that slightly distracted him was when he said the word fudge, and he was like, "Oh, fudge on a sausage." <laughs> <laughs> it sounds delicious. Mm, sounds really good, savory and sweet. Uh, Vixen, you look uh, you look puzzled, and you look like you've got a few questions. I do actually. Uh, this is this. There is a question more sort of backtracking a tiny bit because you mentioned that, or Moto mentioned before Quilly went into his spiel that. Um, Obviously, Edu Ra had all the locations of the other manipulators and the other undead loyalists. But with his ascension to this new form, basically, um, uh, it's only Akuma. Akumi, isn't it? Only uh, Akuma. Only Akuma. Only Akuma. That's it. Only, and it was, I remember in my head a Street Fighter. <laughs> only yes. Akuma. Um, now he has become Only Akuma. What does that actually mean for him? He's now a god, basically. Is that kind of how that's manifested itself? Well, my dear, it's it's kind of godlike status without being an actual god. It's it's like um, it's like finding an athlete of incredible skill and then manipulating them with blue arcane, injecting them with blue arcane to make them into some kind of super soldier. So it has the appearance of being godlike or demigodlike, when in fact it's just an immense amount of power all at once. Right, I see. Okay, so but oh, yeah, I take it that's why he's out of the question then because he's now this supremely rageful, rageful Jafar genie that we can't obviously talk to anymore, can we? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> because he's mental. If if okay, we were if right, we were to try enough. and interact with him, I mean, if if you had all stayed on that sky tower to try and fight them, I I don't think there would have been anything left of you. I think. No, I. I, agree. I think we all need to, you know, as, as part of Team Arzatit, is train and become stronger before we, before we fight Oni Akuma. Take them out one by one. You start diminishing their ability to, to do what they want to do. Can you tell us again how many manipulators you think there are? There were five in total. There's now four right. left. Okay. And Idi Ra is the fifth of the loyalists. Yeah. There's six undead loyalists in total. Dead Dragon, uh, who is now only Akuma, Red Cardinal, Fennec Fox, Grey Cat, who who is Mr. Moto Hirokoshi, Winter Wolf, and Songbird. Yeah, except he was they they were the Parlations, weren't they? But obviously, Mr. Moto Hirokoshi is he is Grey Fox, but he's not Grey Cat even, but he's not um, a bad guy. Yes, okay. got it. I I don't Stand think we knew. I don't think we knew that was his code name actually. I wasn't sure if we did. No, he talked about it. Oh, okay. Maybe did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I do. I do remember that being a really awesomely lorry episode, and there was yeah. lots of um. It's, yeah, it's it was really good. It's I okay, Jamie. I've literally yeah. I've listened to every episode over the last cool. like month and a half, and I, I went back and checked. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you guys do. No. You guys do know that Mr. Moto Hirokoshi was Grey Cat in the Parlations. Grey Cat, amazing. So he's got five other counterparts. Yeah, Red Cardinal, Fennec Fox, Dead Dragon. Um, Winter Wolf is it Winter, Winter Wolf? Wolf. Yeah. yeah, that's the one that we know of yeah. from Ole. Ole, 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 and then um, uh, Songbird. Yeah, Songbird, which we know nothing about really at all. Um, okay, cool. Which um, do we know who on the planet of Igo, the volcano? No, Igo was the one we came from. Um, planet of Ede, the volcano planet. Who is the corrupt undead loyalist on this planet? Albert Amor, or sorry, I should say Albert Amore, the oh, no. 
Het. When the moon hits your eye like a big piece of fire. I'll bet I'm a You know Albert Amore to be Fennec Fox, who is the head of Solatech. Ooh, interesting. Interesting. Can I ask Quilly or or Moto, whoever, um, if they've had reports from Aura Skalsgård if she got off the planet? Oh, God, oh, yeah. yeah. God. We are monitoring the situation as it happens um and currently aura and her team and the battle cruiser managed to get away oh nice <gasps> there have okay, been cool. there have been some ca- well, princess Salu. there have been some casualties um <gasps> i can't say i know anything about zalu but if you're rich enough and you are um you are under attack by a sky or star fighter or a battleship. Your money gets you out of there pretty quickly. I mean, I'll I'll do some research and see what happens, but most of the people who were in that box at Stadia Concretia probably would have got out scot-free before the fighting started. I'll look at Titus and I'll say, oh, she'll be fine. I reckon she'll be fine. Yeah, her and Squiddy, both absolutely fine. <laughs> So they're smuggling in these shipping containers. Are they smuggling them like across space or just on on the planet? It's just it's like it's just on the planet. Um, okay. It's with with a whole cargo carriage missing. It's more likely that they would be hiding the carriage just to keep the convoy moving around the planet itself, rather than take it intergalactic if you see what i mean if mm-hmm. if a manipulator is in one place it's far more likely to be found used and manipulated whereas if it's moving constantly through your own umbrella company like off the docket and off the manifest it's far less likely to be found mm. but that's what we're saying we found we found a manifest possibly is what my criminal contact is telling me and says it's worth a lot of money to find out where this manipulator and the undead loyalists are. How good is your contact? Quilly looks... Uh, Quilly looks you straight in the face and says, 70-30. <laughs> is he good at finding people? Sorry, are, are they good at finding people? This is the first time that I have had any kind of interaction with this particular criminal contact. But... They come to me highly recommended through the network of criminals that are on the planet of Eid. I've only got my word on that, really. But everything that I've had dealings with through this criminal network to get information I need has always come out on tops for me. Can you ask them to search for someone for me or find a, find someone who knows where someone is? I can, I can put in a good word for... For them, yeah. Who who do you need finding? Uh, I'm after an Aracocra called Zed. Okay. After we um, after we put the wheels in motion, I'll put the um, I'll put the information out there. I will cool. say, Ark, there's um, people want compensating for information like that. So how much should I say we'll put up? 
Um, let me have a look at my character sheet. We've so got much money quite got. a lot of money, actually, haven't <clears throat> yeah. we? From memory, so you uh, could you could really push that high. Uh, or oh, five hundred gold. Five hundred gold for information leading to the whereabouts of an Aracochran called Seed. Is that correct? Yeah. I'll put that out over the criminal network. So we're supposed to be buying the information off him, correct? Absolutely. If he, I take it this guy doesn't know, when I say he's a friend of the cause, he doesn't know that we are effectively a resistance against the undead loyalists. He doesn't know any of that. He just is selling to somebody. I'm just wondering a little bit about 70, 30 is good odds, but this guy's loyalty. Does he know that Mr. Mosa Hirokoshi's behind all this or is, is he just knowing that Quilly is after some information? Dixon, I think at this point it's um, it's just information that, like, through me. Mr. Moto, right, Mr. Gotcha. Moto Hirokoshi has to keep a clean slate it, and yeah. his name out of the mouths of the undead loyalists. This is merely a service for an exchange, if you see what I mean. Um, yeah, I get you. He can provide me information that I need. I have said I will send a crack team of specialists in to get the information and that you will pay him the money needed for that information. How okay. much money are they going to want? The price that we have agreed on is a thousand gold, which myself and Mr. Moto Hirokoshi have put up on this holocard for you. And he pulls out of his jacket a holocard that is linked to a bank account that is easily transferable with a um, with an iris and a thumb ID. On procuring the information that you need, you show him this holocard, press the button, it transfers directly into his account. Job done. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take it off, um, Quilly. Okay. Arc. Hold it. Going like right. Who, who wants it? <laughs> it's going. It's either going I mean, bum. It's going to go in bum bag, or it's going sporran. I don't know. Actually, I don't know what your um, vixen. I don't know what your kind of style of carrying I'll things is. I've probably got a bum bag as well, to be honest. Or it'll oh, just nice. maybe like. Um, Maybe a satchel, some kind of like round satchel, little round satchel. Oh, I've got Ooh, yeah. my, I've got my, my loot case. It can go in my loot case, secret compartment. Pass it over to Vixen. Okay, all right. Pop it in the back of the loot case. It's safe and secure there, so that makes sense. That's how we're going to pay the geezer. Um, okay. Any more questions that don't involve sausages, team? I'm, just, I'm ready to. I, I want to know when we're going. I'm excited. Well, yeah. team, if you are ready. Right now. And as he says this, the galactic gate is switched on. It whirs up. You see it start to churn around. There is no solid blue portal in the middle of it. But as this starts, he looks to you and says, Ark, while this is... Sorry, I should have turned this on after we'd had our conversations. <laughs> Far too loud in here. Um, What? Uh, can you hear me, Ark? Ark, with... We're sat right next to each other at the table. Can you not hear me? You want me to cheer you? Yes. Cheer you? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, hear me. Yes, I can cheer you. Ark, I've been doing some I've been doing some theorizing on how we use this galactic gate and 
I need you to cast some kind of radiant heat spell on this galactic gate to confirm my theory. Okay. Hold on a second. What? Hold on a what? <laughs> Beckon? He's beckoning him. <laughs> uh, cool. I will cast Guiding Bolt. Okay. So I'm going to, in my talons, I'm just going to summon this little ball of um, radiant energy. And I'm just going to fire it at the gate. And as it hits, the gate's going to glow with a slight radiance all around it. If anybody wants to hit it, you've got advantage. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, if anybody wants to destroy that galactic gate, you yeah. have advantage on it. Um, Ark, you cast this radiant heat spell uh, towards this galactic gate. The portal opens up and uh, Mr. Moto Hirokoshi goes, Right, well, no time like the present. Is everybody ready? I suppose you bloody better well be now, eh? Hold on to your breakfast. I'm going to really quickly take off the uh, the ski wear that I've been wearing since um, we were here last, because I'm still wearing that ski wear. I'm going to take off my fluffy, fluffy slippers and my um, fluffy dressing gown as well, which I'm still wearing. Put that in my bum bag. It's a big bum bag, I guess, just so I don't burn <laughs> it or anything like that. All right. Loot. Check. Uh, bird pipes. Check. War gong, check. All right, the Bard army is intact. I am ready. Titus, are you ready? Yeah, I think Titus does the time's up, let's do this. <laughs> okay, Moto, I know we can hardly hear you, but you said, did you say Burning City? Right, so your mission is to travel to the Burning Bucket in the city of Pyro on the planet of Eat. Meet with the criminal contact Quilly has been in touch with. Buy the information to confirm that it is indeed the second manipulator on board the convoy, along with the classified documents and details of the whereabouts of the undead loyalists, and destroy the manipulator on board the convoy. Quilly, you'll be going with them. Oh yeah, no, I'll be with you this time, gang. Let's fucking go for it. Come on, you silly <laughs> Here we, here we, here we fucking go. LFG, baby. I'm going to do a very kind of... I'm going to fly, do a long loop, and I'm going to just grab Quilly off the uh, off his seat. And whoa, fuck you now, shit, uh, all right, oh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, mate, I could have run through it myself, but all right, I'll get, I'll get carried through, that's fine. Put me in your little bum bag, I'm small enough, I think. You've only got little legs, Quilly, we haven't got all day, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> are you all going through the galactic gate? I think we are, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's go, it guys. Burning bucket, city of Pyro, on planet of Eid. Let's get this information. Let's destroy this this part of the convoy. You all dash through the galactic gate. Again, it looks like you are going into hyperdrive in an episode of Star Trek. Just stars whistling by you. This blue arcane energy erupting all around you and you come through the other side of the galactic gate. And you start to fall immediately as soon as you come out the other side of the galactic gate. Um, you look down towards where you're falling to, every single one of you, and you just see lava and rocks and a huge lava river cascading down the side of a volcano. Everybody go ahead and roll initiative. Oh, oh God. Yes. Right in. Ark. 17. Titus. 14. Vixen. 16. 
you see a lava river beneath you with floating rocks, like floating on this lava river, but cascading down the side of a volcano. Um, you turn around, Ark, and everybody else actually, and you see that the galactic gate is on the side of a cliff face like overhanging a lava river so of course as soon as you come through the other side you just start falling towards the ground you all have reactions in the time it takes for you to fall and hit the ground is anybody doing anything with their reactions um i just wish the galactic gate would piss us out somewhere helpful (laughs) (laughs) why is it always somewhere where we're just in the middle of like nowhere um I guess, I mean, is there any way I can, like, ready myself to fall? So maybe put my arms up in, like, a kind of cross position in front of my face so that I don't um, take any more damage? Like, can I brace effectively? You absolutely can. I will let you do that for sure. Yeah, Vixen, you you get into the brace position to hit a floating lava rock down this um, lava river. Anybody else doing anything else? Is there... Can we reach the cliff face? I.e., could I use my hand axes to try and slow the fall? Nice. No, you could I not. Dig them into them. <laughs> oh, as, as, as much as I love that, you are falling out of a, a galactic gate that is like vertical with this cliff face. So yeah. you've shot through it and out probably like yeah. 10, 15 feet through it from the, the force of this. And now you're just falling. Can I just say the word parkour then? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I'll give you advantage for the rest of the um, episode. Um, <laughs> You say parkour as you come out the other side. How how heavy is Quilly? Like, I've picked him up for a joke, but can I carry him? You can totally carry him. You could carry him and probably try carry somebody else if you wanted to. I am going to say to Quilly, I'm going, oh, you, are, you are so lucky that I picked you up. And I am going to flick my wings back into kind of like a dive position because I kind of want to follow um, these guys as they go down because if one of them is in trouble. I want to try and help them. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to fall with them, but I'm going to fall with style. Ark, what you're telling me is that you're flying. That's what you do. You use your reaction to yeah. fly. <laughs> it's not yeah. flying, it's falling with style. falling with style. style. Falling with with style. style. <laughs> but essentially what Ark has done is put his wings out and he can fly and hover. So Ark is no longer falling. He is just following down. Yeah, I want to. Yeah, I want to just keep. I want to keep with them. So yeah, you're, I know like, you're not hovering. Yeah. That's all good. But yeah. you are. You're falling, flying with them. But you could yeah, stop yeah, yourself yeah, yeah. at any second. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't use my rope to uh, lasso around a jagged boulder anywhere nearby. Could I? I unless you had that lasso prepared, I don't think so. No. Hang on, let me check. Nope, just says rope. <laughs> <laughs> Emergency rope. Break the rope. <laughs> I like that. Can I, yeah, as I'm falling, can I just start pulling stuff out of my bag and then going, fuck, and then just putting it back in? Which also, now I've remembered, includes a steel chair. So there's a bit of Oh my god, your steel chair. I love it. It's almost like an Acme cartoon, like a Looney Tunes episode. You're just emptying everything that you've got into the air. Torch, water skin, steel chair, (laughs) rope, a map. Head of an assassin. A mess kit. Will that do anything? <laughs> it's a dick in a box. <laughs> you have got a dick in a box. You, you have, have got a dick got in yeah. a box. Don't lose that. That's vital. <laughs> Ark, you don't need to roll for this because you're not even falling anymore. But Titus and um, Vixen, you both take as you fall and hit these lava rocks. Five points of bludgeoning damage. Oof. So you hit these rocks on this lava river 
and the river just starts to flow down. Um, Ark, you're first in the initiative. What are you doing? So have, have, have we landed on a rock that's floating down the lava river? You have. Cool. Okay, so I just want to have a look around, see if there's anything uh, around us that we can kind of move to, or, which I could, or something that I can help these guys move to. You see, as you are cascading down the side of this uh, this volcanic river, you see that there's kind of like it's a, like it's like a river that's kind of it's got raised um, edges, and you see various like twigs and branches that stick out of the side of this rock that as the lava is hitting them is like burning away but you see them in front of you as if like they're hooks to grab onto that you could try and reach out to to pull yourself over to the side but this lava river is moving fast okay shit yeah we need to think quick arc so i've landed i'm gonna put quilly down and i'm gonna kind of spread my wings a little bit and you're gonna see kind of this um bit of arcane energy kind of flow through my wings as it's kind of storm forming and 150 foot in front of us i'm going to cast sleet storm nice please read aloud uh so until the spell ends freezing rain and sleet fall in a 20 foot cylinder with a 40 foot radius and on a point you choose within range the area is heavily obscured and exposed flames in this area are doused uh, the ground is covered with a slick ice, making it difficult terrain. When a creature enters the spells area for the first time or starts its turn there, it must make a dexterity saving throw uh, or on a failed save, it uh, falls prone. Um, so what I want to do is try to freeze some of the lava or at least slow us down a little bit so we can have a better go at kind of pulling us over to the side to get off this river. Okay. Um, Love that. What I'm going to... What, so you're casting that in front of you, 150. Yeah, feet. yeah, yeah. Okay. So if you're if you're going to do that, that's not going to slow the lava down. It's essentially going to create a, an ice dam. Okay. If you were casting yeah. it, but if you were casting it behind you, that would slow the lava down. But if you want to cast it in front of you, let's do let's do our ice dam. That's what I want to do. I want to like just happily happily smash into it. That's fine. Okay. Uh, but I just want to kind of slow us down to have a better chance of getting across to the other side. Okay. Well, just to reiterate, it won't slow you down, but you have placed this hailstorm uh, ice block of a dam just 150 feet in front of you. You know from your speed that you're on this rock. You will get there in the next two turns. Like You're moving like 75 feet around at the moment. Okay, so it's kind of a bit like a, a failsafe kind of thing, that if we... <laughs> If we if we really fuck up, we are still going to hit the dam at one point, and we'll kind of slow down. Whatever happens with that. Mm. Yes, you could slow down. You could stop, and then the lava could catch up and completely engulf you. You could go off it like a kicker. <laughs> it there's so many things that can happen. We yeah, cool. Fuck it, done it now, and I. There we go. End of my turn. <laughs> Vixen, <laughs> that is your turn. What are you Fucking doing? Hell. Okay. Um. So where's the safe? Where are the zones of safety here, basically? Like, we're hurtling down this lava river. Are there banks on the side that we'd be safe if we were there? So this is... When I was saying that the river was, like, lowered and there were, like, ridges, that's what I mean. There are, like, rock banks. It's, like, a load of... You're essentially moving down a, a channel that's already been created by previous lava. But, yeah, there are, right. there are, there's a river bank on this river of lava. The river that you're on is currently 60 foot wide. They don't, they don't worry, guys. We're going to hit that dam and it's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I mean, all I could... What I was going to do is either try and cast slow 
or be a complete dick and cast Dimension Door and just walk through somewhere safe. Oh, that's <laughs> such a good idea, though. That is so cool. And just be like, <laughs> bye, Felicia. <laughs> See ya, suckers. <laughs> See ya. Just literally walk through. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm guessing this feels very OP, so I don't think this will be the case, but there's no way I could cast Dimension Door and take Quilly with me. Read me Dimension Door aloud. I think it's only for one person. I think it is. And I think the reason for that is the... Oh, God, where's it gone? Where's Dimension Door gone? Um, yeah, here it is. Uh, yeah, I think it is, Ollie, because it, you could teleport yourself from your current location to any other spot within range. You can bring along objects as long as their weight doesn't exceed what you can carry. You can also bring one willing creature of your size or smaller who is carrying gear up to its carrying capacity. Interesting. This is a game changer. So, uh, Vixen, what would you like to do? Yeah. Do you know what? I might. So I'm going to look at Ark. Ark's got bloody wings, right? He's fine. I am worried about Titus because obviously Titus is massive. Don't worry about me. And there is no way I could carry Titus, even no. like, with the spell restrictions anyway. So I'm going to yell to Ark. I'm going to say... Ark, if I cast a mention door, I can get me and Quilly to safety. And then you've just got to make sure that it hits the dam and you and Titus survive. Um, I'm okay. I was very confident about us surviving the dam. I'm not sure we will survive the dam. It might have been an error. Um, <laughs> <laughs> are you sure you don't want to take Titus? Because I can definitely carry Quilly. You can't carry me. I'm too big. I'm too big to go through it. He's too big to come with me. He's he's okay. Let, I'm, I'm making this a ruling now. Titus is not too big to go through the dimension door with you because you are not carrying him. This is magic assisted. So it's not like you're going to go, I'll give you a piggyback, right. Titus, and then you get crushed under the weight of him. This is this is magic that would lift you right. and Titus to safety. It's not but you carrying him. But it does say you, you can bring one willing creature of your size or smaller. Yes, and... And Titus is your size or smaller. Titus is still a medium creature. He is not a large creature. Large creatures are over nine foot oh, tall. Okay. Aggie, sorry, Titus, you're a medium creature. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought you were a big boy, but it turns out you're a little medium boy. In that case, um, yeah, absolutely. Quilly can be carried by Ark. So, all right. In that case. Um, I, yeah, I'll shout. Uh, we're moving down this this thing rapidly. There are sparks and embers flying. It's the sweat pooling on my top lip is absolutely incredible. Um, and I'm going to go, <laughs> ah, fuck this. And I'm going to cast Dimension Door at fourth level. You teleport yourself from your current location to any other spot within range. You arrive at exactly the spot desired. It can be a place you can see, one you can visualize, or one you can describe by stating distance and direction such as 200 feet straight downward or upward to the northwest at a 45 degree angle. You can also bring along objects as long as their weight doesn't exceed what you can carry. You can also bring one willing creature of your size or smaller who is carrying gear up to its carrying capacity. The creature must be within five feet of you when you cast the spell. If you would arrive in a place already occupied by an object or a creature, you and any creature traveling with you take 4d6 force damage, interesting, and the spell fails to teleport you. So yeah, I want to basically teleport to safety on the bank of this um, this dried, crusty rock. Vixen, tell me exactly what this looks like. Describe Ooh. everything, please. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna draw a rectangle 
with my fingers, a really big rectangle. So it sort of feels a little bit like a game of charades when someone mimes a TV screen and they draw a huge, huge rectangle. I'm gonna draw it as a rectangle in front of me and then I'm gonna twist it and flip it so it becomes a vertical door shape. And it's kind of like this bluey, uh, murky, purpley, it, it looks a little bit like an oil spill. You know how you look at like the colors melding in oil on water and it kind of swirls and the blues and the purples and the pastel colors kind of like mix together like a big bath bomb. And uh, it starts to get more and more bright um, and the light sort of like, I've almost carved with my fingers the outlines of this door into existence. So the light from it starts to shine through. And, um, and then you get this very sort of, um, <laughs> really dinky little um, golden doorknob that sort of like pops out from it and I'm able to literally just give that a click pull it forward and all this wind rushes through me and Titus's hair and it's like a little wind tunnel and it swallows us it swallows us into this black void and then pop we're on the other side and we look really quite shocked and a little bit sick <laughs> um vixen <clears throat> vixen titus to you do you say anything to each other before you go through the door you might regret the sausage <laughs> i uh, i haven't been paying attention uh oh, no. i was busy in my backpack trying to make a lasso and I turn around thinking he's going to be the hero, saying, like, don't worry, Vixen, I'll say... Oh, you've built a fucking door. Okay. <laughs> that Where are we off to, then? Yeah. <laughs> Vixen, I imagine that's the end of your go? It certainly is. Okay. Um, we move on to Titus. Titus, you have appeared on this lava volcanic riverbank. You are no longer on a rock that is flowing downstream but you see flowing down on the same rock or hovering over the same rock is um ark and quilly what do you want to do uh shout get off the rock (laughs) (laughs) i thought you were gonna say just wave at this point just wave (laughs) it's not much else you can really do (laughs) hi you guys it's a river this isn't it it's a river of lava but it's a river nonetheless and we're on the riverbank effectively is there any sort of smooth stones that i can attempt to skim across the river just see how many times i can do it yeah absolutely you pick up hot molten rock and it burns your hands off (laughs) son of a bitch (laughs) burns your hands off your hands no you can uh, you can you can pick up a, a rock that you could definitely handle you are made of an ice mountain man you could absolutely pick up a hot rock and it'd be okay in your hands yeah um and then i skim it across the uh lava river and it bounces six times wow wonderful wonderful um titus would you like to do anything else with your turn Yeah, I'm just looking around where we are. What? So what can we see? So we're now on the riverbank. Is there now like a sheer cliff face next to us? Or is there a path? There is a, oh. there is a sheer cliff face next, like to the right of you. Like you you still need to keep going down this riverbank to get to the bottom of this volcano. We get there faster if I put Vixen on my back as, an, as a thank you for, uh, for saving me. Kneel down. What will you get? And then right. we'll start trudging towards slowly as they slowly disappear off towards the 
the ice dam towards uh, Ark and Quilly. See you there, guys. Be safe. <laughs> <laughs> Titus, as you start running with Vixen on your shoulders, on your back like a backpack, um, give me... Just give me a... Uh, give me an athletics check. <laughs> I'm glad I cooked that dice with the old uh, stone skimming. That is a 26. Oh! oh. 26 a, so, and hell. not a nat 20. That's like an 18 or a 19. No, no, it's 19 right. and I've got a, a, a... Yeah. Titus, you see... You see a fairly worn, flat, circular um, stone or disc... And as you start running, you kick it with your left foot so it flicks over. You jump on it with both of your feet and you what? start skating down the side of this riverbank with Vixen on your back. You are now yes. t- you are now traveling at the speed that this rock is like going down the river with Ark and Quilly on it. Yeah, me and me and Vixen are definitely waving at them now. Woo! I think we're even going to give it woo. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Keep up, losers. We actually feel bad for doing a woo because we sort of woo out of like woo out of generally like exhilaration. Then we realise they're kind of still in peril, so we're a bit like woo, <laughs> woo, woo, woo. I mean, wh- whoa, 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 steady Quilly. on there. Titus and Vixen, you are on the riverbank, so you don't need to make these saves. Ark, as you are still over the river, uh, and Quilly will do this too. Make me a dexterity saving throw, please. What did you get? A five. Okay. Quilly got a 17. Um, Good for Quilly. Ark, you... Like, I know you're flying, um, but you see dashes of tiny little rocks falling from the cliff face as this volcanic lava river falls down. Um, You get hit by some of these stones... You don't take any damage, but it knocks you off course, and you slam onto the bottom of this lava rock that's flowing down this river, almost off the side, but Quilly manages to, like, grab you and grab onto the side and has you held half a metre above, like, like, molten lava. Oh, my God. We go back to the top of the round. Ark, that's your go. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say, thanks, Quilly. Do you want to? Do you want to get out of here? Yeah, I'd love to, mate. I, I, I don't like the heat. I don't know cool. about you. It's too fucking hot for me. Also, okay. if you get any closer to that lava, it. you're gonna end up being like a a plucked chicken. I don't want to see your feathers burn off, Sam. <laughs> rather, I'd rather not. Uh, so I'm just gonna flap my wings, and I know Quilly's got my got me by my hand anyway. So I'm just literally gonna go straight upwards. Uh, I'm gonna straight up, maybe like. Oh, gosh. I'll go straight up 50 feet, take the dash action, go 50 feet across to uh, the side of the river. Nice. You dash up. You have Quilly in your hand, on your back, in your bum bag, wherever. Um, and you see um, you see Titus and Vixen skating down the side of this uh, volcanic um, riverbank. And you will veer away from the volcanic river and you slide on down to the bottom of the volcano where the rest of the rocks are like hardening 
and you are no longer in danger from the lava river. Congratulations. Woo! <laughs> well avoided, guys. Well avoided. Guys, why are volcanoes so mischievous? Because they erupt to no good. Oh. <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs> wow. Jamie, you can decide if there's a whale that goes there or not. <laughs> <laughs> Judging by his face. <laughs> so what do we see at the bottom of this volcano? At the bottom of the volcano, you look across the volcanic planet of Eid. You have ended up on Eid. It's a planet of a thousand active volcanoes that cover the entire surface. This is where all the system's precious resources like platinum, diamond and mithril come from, along with magical arcane stones too. Being the closest planet to Valkanen, the sun in the solar system, it's engulfed in a red mist that is a mixture of volcanic eruption and solar flares, along with harmful chemicals used to mine deep in the planet's crust for resources. Because of the volatile atmosphere, there are daily lava storms that prove fatal to anyone who stays up on the surface too long. Pyro is the central hub of the planet and its capital city too. From the bottom of this volcano, that's what you're looking towards, maybe about five miles away, is the city of Pyro. It resembles more of an active mining system than a city, but its buildings and structures are like dug into the core, as well as rising up out of the sky as well. The planet's population consists mainly of working class folk who spend 12 to 16 hours a day mining underground. Dwarves, gnomes, half-orcs and humans make up the vast populace of the white-collar workers. But criminals run the underground with differing chapters of the jackals being the main criminal outfit in the city. Oh, cool. But you look upon an industrial city in the middle of a massive, like, lava scape. Wow. Wow. We did we did kill all the jackals though, right? We did kill them all. We buried them all. Right. When we met the jackals, it was was that Madame Modana's area? That was when you guys that was when you guys were in Iliad, yeah. Was in Iliad. Was that when we blew up the mine with them all inside? Yeah. If anybody wants to roll me a history check, they can. Ark. What a waste. A natural twenty. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Same. You got a natural Same. twenty as well. I got the same, so I got a, I got twenty two. That's ridiculous. What? Please tell us that you also got what a nat twenty. <laughs> we'll never get one again. I got one of my best. I got a sixteen on a history check. I never do well on those. <laughs> if if you say Ollie, if you come with that, yeah, yeah, you met them in Newlyhad, and that's what we get. I'm I'm gonna be mad. <laughs> uh, total of twenty four for me. I want to know exactly how many we killed for that. Hold on. That's, what that's, their that's, names were. That's a lie. It's not 24, actually. 25, 26, 27. 27. Oh, 27 with a nat 20 history one. check. You need to describe every single jackal we murdered. <laughs> what their names were. No, you will, with that history check and all of your history checks, which is totally fine, you will remember that Madame Modana, at one point, said to you that there were various chapters of the jackals all over the solar system. So you yeah. met the you met the Azulian chapter of the Jackals on Azul in the town of Iliad before you went to Mount Uji. There are the um, Edian, the Aransian, the Uyoshian, the Igoan, and the Olean, um, or Olatian, sorry, chapters of the Jackals on every single planet. 
Right. They're well spread. You, you do have a jackal's penis in your, in your box as well, uh, Titus. Yes. So there we go. Does it tingle Can... and spin when we're close? Does it get erect when we're close to a jackal? <laughs> it glows. Can we make that law? It gets a bit stiff when we're near the jackals. <laughs> we're going to hold it out like a divining rod for everything now. Just hold it out. Stop describing my penis in a club, everybody. <laughs> it seems to be telling us to go this way, towards the bar. Ooh, where the ladies are. Okay. Um, yeah, so you guys will know um, from Madame Morgana back in Iliad that on every planet there are chapters of the jackals. It's very much like... Um, it's very much like the Hell's Angels. Like You'll go to a different city or a different... Uh, country and there will be a chapter of those things there you guys were so in the champions games that you didn't end up going out and exploring the city because of whatever happened that you didn't have to run into any kind of criminality there um so the fact that you guys are out in eat means that you're far more likely to meet some of the jackals from this chapter the um it uh, how am i saying this i wrote this and i can't say it edean chapter the edean chapter of the jackals Ooh, i like that i am gonna fly up quite hard. actually does quilly do you want to get down oh yeah down? sure no I well i don't know i'd like I, I, i'm such a small little being do you would you mind taking me up so i can get a view of what's going on maybe oh. i can help you out with a perception check absolutely quilly uh so i'm gonna fly up and just try and get a better view of like what's in front of us. Kind of got five miles to trek. Kind of spot any particular hazards we need to be careful of. Are there any paths and that sort of thing? Ark, roll me a perception check with the help action from Quilly. Okay. Okay. So I rolled a seventeen perception for twenty-one. Okay. Ark, from your height and from Quilly helping you look, um, you're looking upon an absolute wasteland. And this wasteland is part junkyard. Like, imagine a whole planet that's just covered in a junkyard. But what do we find at junkyards? We find clattered out old bangers and old motorbikes. Oh. <laughs> Get my Tom Cruise on. Um, cool. Can I spot any good wreckage? Yeah, you see, you see, uh, you see a couple of like, you see a couple of motors that might turn on if you spent some time on them. Um, but you see a couple of newer-ish, they're still junk, but newer-ish looking motorbikes. One that's just a two-wheeled bike on its own, and one that's a bike with a sidecar on it. Oh, we got we got to go. We have to go motorbikes. We can't not go motorbikes. Yes. Yeah. We. I'm sorry, uh, but yeah, of course we do. Uh, I'm gonna point toward, like, look down at, uh, at the guys and just point towards uh, where the motorbikes are. Okay. You point to where the motorbikes are. There may be like 500 feet within this junkyard, but you see that leading all around are like good, like good roads for you to drive on essentially like this this world in particular this planet is very well driven and scavenged so they actually take care of their roads quite well even though it's a lava covered planet so yeah you see 500 feet away from you you point to where these motorbikes are and you 
hot foot it over there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ollie did not even know what he did there with what, hot foot it. Uh, what, wow. <laughs> wow. 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 Just a confused. Wow. Don't you just love an wow. accidental pun? When people wow. say no pun intended, they always intend it, but he genuinely didn't. Yeah. No fucking clue over here. I am clueless. Uh, so, got this motorbike. I have got a cantrip called Mending. Uh, can I start spamming that cantrip? You, ab- you absolutely can. You absolutely can. Yeah, for sure. Um, oh, I kind of want because I think I'm, I'm probably going to be flying for most of it, unless these are really, really quick. Like I don't. These I don't travel. Know these easily travel quicker than fifty feet as like every six seconds. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm probably going to be. I'm probably going to go sidecar. I think that's my probably where I'm going to. Oh yeah. Gonna go. Um, so I will, I will listen to these two however they want their bikes to be designed. That's how I will, will fix them together. Uh, I want the easy rider um, motorbike. So you sort of sitting further back. <laughs> big handlebars. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Big one, you know, big fat wheel. <laughs> one, one massive wheel and then one tiny yeah, wheel at the I'm back. I'm describing a penny farthing, actually. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking that. It is, that is basically a penny farthing, isn't it? That's what you want. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll give we'll make uh, Titus a very souped-up penny farthing. And then... Um, Note to self for uh, no dice. Uh, tell the story of when I... The only time I've ever ridden a motorbike when I was on holiday in Thailand. Here's a tease for you. I nearly died. <laughs> <laughs> if it's anything to do with... Because in Thailand, they just have like... There's no real health and safety with like tourists no. doing stuff like that, is there? And I remember a few of my friends went on tuk-tuks and they said they nearly died as well. So, wow. Wow. Vixen, what's yours look like? What, what am I crafting uh, for you? Okay. Ooh. Ooh. So Titus has gone for like... Is it actually a penny farthing? Is that what we've gone for? I think no, so. I want sure the, I, one of the big fat wheels from Easy. I don't know what they're called. Right. I'm not okay. a motorbike guy. You want a, cho- you want a like chopper? A, you want a chopper? You chopper. You that's chopper, yeah. yeah. You want is like a, a, a Hell's Angels kind of bike with yeah, a, a big, long yeah. handlebars. Yeah, big old chopper. Okay. That's what you want. Yeah. Cool. Um, I was going to say mine could look a bit like a Harley Davidson, sort of like quite a sort of I guess being a rocker herself. Um, a bit of a rock and roll bike is kind of what I was picturing. So yeah, nice big engine. Lots of really shiny chrome. That's what I'd love for mine. But with a sidecar on it. Is it you, but with a little sidecar side on it for little so Quilly. Can my what's for me? It's for Ark, isn't it? Mm. Um, can can I make my sidecar like a nest? Just like like literally wrap some twigs uh, in this kind of little nest shape. So Vixen has got her beautiful uh, motorbike, and on the side of it is this like really ugly wooden nest. Which is where I'm <laughs> Wait, so am I, am I taking um, Ark in my car with me then? I'm happy to do that. I thought he Just was. Please. I thought Quilly was going to go in my little basket. Yeah, okay, cool. Well, to yep, be fair, Quilly's in, in the basket. Quilly's in the bum bag, so it's like you can get two people in the sidecar easy. <laughs> well, Quilly's you can, such a I said Quilly, like Quilly, do you want to do you want to ride with Titus or you okay with? Oh yeah, go on then. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll sit on a big guy's shoulders. That'll be fun. Yeah, let's do that. Yes. Go on, Quilly, let's go, baby. Yeah, let's go. Me and you, Titus, hell's fucking angels. Let's go, son. Woo! <laughs> Amazing. All right. Yep. Okay, so my lovely, pretty... Realise Quilly reminds me of, like, a pissed-up Roy Hodgson. He does a little bit. <laughs> oh, shut up, you mug. <laughs> <laughs> 
do we just take to the open road? Or do we know like where we're going to get to Pyro? Is there like a sign on the side of the road that's like Pyro so many miles? I want Ark to have a map open on the sidecar. <laughs> yeah. And it's blowing in the wind and it's just yeah. stuck to his face. So I'm, I, love, I love the idea that Vixen's going so fast that he's just like... <laughs> Just go in there. Slow down, Vixen, please. Slow down. Please. Slow down, please. Please, please Vixen, slow down. I can't, I can't appear to read. Oh, it's upside down. <laughs> Ark, Ark eventually just takes his claw and cuts two little eye holes in the map because it's pinned against his face. <laughs> so you all start up your engines and you start cruising on through the outer limits of the city of Pyro. Um... You see one of those signs that's got so many bullet holes through it, you can barely read it, but it says five miles to Pyro. Um, And as you're cruising, you see the vast, larvonic wasteland that is is Eat, um, this planet that's closest to the sun, where most white-collar workers go to work. You know, if they're not going in the military and they're not, getting a college degree or going on to higher education this is where a lot of the solar system come to work they're employed by big companies to dig for um, minerals to dig for resources Um, so yeah it's that kind of it's a cyberpunk-esque kind of landscape really in wasteland Um, but you start coming upon the city limits um, and you see signs for the burning bucket tavern and you start cruising on down these streets and you start seeing some of the clientele, the people that live around these places. You see derelict buildings, you see impoverished families, you see it, this, this planet is constantly, even though it's right next to the sun, Valkanin, um, it's in constant darkness because of the, like, the clouds and the chemicals that are in the air. So it's constantly nighttime here. And you're getting close to the Burning Bucket Tavern. Um, are you guys planning on pulling up right outside this place? Or are you planning on maybe ditching or parking the bikes further away and making your way to the tavern on foot? I think the bikes are going to make a lot of noise, right? Yeah. So I do think maybe it's worth... And we also don't want them to be stolen either. I, I kind of feel like we want to hide. We want to stash the bikes somewhere where they're safe, and then we want to approach the tavern on foot. That's what it feels like for me, anyway. But you guys might disagree. I love that idea. Sounds good. Yeah, stick them in a bush, <laughs> like a homeless man's liquor. <laughs> stick them <laughs> in a bush. We'll go back <laughs> for him in a minute. So I guess we'll pull over. Do you want to find like some undergrowth or something, guys? Um, How long have we been riding for on these motorbikes? You've been riding for about half an hour. Okay, cool. So it's been a nice little journey. We've survived the whole lava, um, you know, floating lava cake ordeal. Um, It's been a nice cheery ride. It's really, really hot. There's dust and ash all in our faces. So I imagine, like, yeah, getting off these bikes is a nice thing um, for a minute because we're just like, holy shit, it's hot. Um, I'm going to get off mine i'm not even going to say anything to ark because Ark's still obviously quite i imagine quite um he's got a lot going on in his head and i haven't yeah. really asked him yet so i'm just kind of going to be like right buddy um i i don't think we should go up to the tavern like this it's going to draw too much attention um 
fun as that was, I think, should we just stash these bikes in the bush? Yeah, that's a that's a really good plan. All right. How are you doing, mate? You okay? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I am fine, thank you. I know what's probably in your head right now, and um, look, the sooner we get this bullshit sorted with Fennec Fox, the better. We just need to find this uh, this this Amore chap and uh, and get it sorted and take care of this uh, this this cargo. I'm hoping that this buyer is a nice lad and he'll give us what we need straight away. But yeah, come on, it won't be long. We're about, we can we can find them soon. Yeah, they'll they'll talk. All right, Titus, how are you? Born to be wild. <laughs> <laughs> We've been singing out on a loop for the last 30 minutes, me and Quilly. <laughs> I love that also that's the only lyric you know. So you've yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and then Bond to be well. <laughs> well Titus, do you, know, do you know any more lyrics to this song? Because I don't. Nope. Just the guitar riff and the chorus. All right, brother. <laughs> Bored to be wild. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, that's so funny. So, yeah, I'm, yeah gonna get off i'm basically gonna get off uh cover my bike um i'd like have we got some sort of like tarpaulin type stuff with us that maybe we could just use as a bit of a dust cover just to throw over the bike you absolute this is an absolute wasteland you find tarpaulin so easily just at the side of the road to cover the stuff with easy cool yeah feels very mad max isn't it um and then yeah just gonna what a lovely uh, day a lovely day um just gonna yeah start walking towards the tavern um, as as we go, I, I have like an really old kind of hood, kind of hoodie thing that I wore. Um, gosh, I think it was like the first episode. I was in like kind of like a long hooded cloak thing, so it kind of like hit hides all of my kind of features. So I'm gonna flick that on and just keep my wings uh, quite tight to my back to try and look as 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 humanoid as possible. Quilly notices that you do this. And says to you, uh, and says to Vixen and Titus, you'd be, um, you'd be good to follow Daddy Parrot over here and cover yourselves up as much as you can. If you walk in there brandishing all your weapons and have your faces out, and it's, it's not gonna, it's not gonna end well, basically, for any of you. Everybody in that tavern is gonna be masked up. They're gonna be cloaked up. They're gonna be tooled up. So be ready to go if something goes down but let's try and keep a low profile, all right? Look, I I am not coming into the tavern with you. I am working on some information that could help us out once we get more of the information from our, from our criminal buyer, essentially. Um, you guys head on in there. You will know. You will know who the buyer is when they approach you. All right. Sounds good. So before I let you go, any plan of action that you want to say out loud to each other, maybe think it over, all right? It's a tavern. It's going to be full of criminals and no near-do-wellers and all that stuff, so just keep your wits about you. Stay close. Stay together. Do not split the fucking party and have a nice time. <laughs> okay. Uh, what's, what's Quilly's little catchphrase whenever he leaves us? Be lucky. Be lucky, be lucky, be lucky, be lucky son. Be lucky, son. Be, be lucky. Lu- be lucky, son. Be, be lucky. lucky. Be lucky, son. 
and you see that Quilly goes back and stays with the bikes. He he wants to keep a, a watchful eye. Uh, you know, not right next to the bikes, but far enough away that he can keep an eye on, you know, them. Yeah. And you guys idea. are left to walk to the tavern or do whatever you want to do. So I'm going to pull out my walking stick and go back to my kind of old hobbling kind of like hobbling self. Um, have you guys any, have you got, have you got anything you can decide, disguise yourself with? I mean, nothing. Oh I suppose, hmm. I should probably have left my like loot and stuff back with the bikes, shouldn't I? So that um, I'm not going to be seen as a musician. Hold on, what is what is the what's the tavern like? Is there is there music blaring? Oh, you can hear music coming from the tavern. It's an old jukeboxy kind of place. Oh. Vixen, you definitely have a cloak that you can wear over your hood. Like you definitely okay. have something you could put on. I will cloak, yeah, I'll cloak up to conceal who I am. And, and I absolutely, I'm going to do that before we've even got within, like, 10 feet of the place. I'm going to maybe go a slightly different way because I don't, don't think it matters if I wear a big cloak. People will go, he's fucking massive, that lad. Can I... Still a medium creature. So- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm never going I- to let this go. It blew, blew my mind. Yeah. Medium plus, I'm calling myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Can I uh, sort of rub my hand on, not necessarily the ground, but some sort of ash that's preferably not going to burn me and sort of coat myself in it to look like I've been working down the mine? Yes, you can, Titus. Absolutely. You cover yourself with dirt and ash to make it look like you're a white-collar worker from the mines. Excellent. Uh, as, we're, as we're walking closer, I am going to cast Guidance on Vixen. Uh, add a d4 uh, to an ability check, basically. Perfect. Thank you very much. So how far? So we, we're literally round the corner now from the burning yeah. bucket. We, yeah. We've all just disguised ourselves... Um, Sorry, my back's starting to hurt, so I'm just flexing. <laughs> just trying to, like, move. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, basically where we're going now is um, into the tavern. We're all, you're concealed as a white-collar worker. I've got a hood up. I suppose this place is going to be full of low lives and criminals, isn't it? So we're going to blend in anyway if we just look a bit shady. Maybe I go in first to draw people's eyes, walk straight to the bar, and hopefully you two sort of three, two, Quilly's not with us. That's a really good question. Well. That's a really good plan, actually, Titus, because... They're looking for Arzatit. They know who we are. We've won the champion games. So we yeah. shouldn't be seen together. We should maybe all enter separately. I know Quilly literally don't is like, split don't split the split party, party, everyone. Yeah. Let's not split the party. Let's not do but it. I lit- all I mean is like, if Titus walks in first, like, and then I walk in like two minutes later, do you know what I mean? Like, they then won't think we're together. Ark gets jumped. And then Ollie goes... <laughs> Ark feels a knife in his back and that's where we end our session. That's what will happen. <laughs> you know it's what will happen. Uh, sort of glint and in his eyes like, since you said that, yeah. yeah. And it'll literally be like, Quilly did say to you, <laughs> don't break up the team. Yeah. yeah. Let's oh remember that Quilly is just like a really dry, sarcastic version of me. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. I think, okay, I think we just stick, go in together. together let's go together. Yeah. All right. You're all walking into the tavern, correct? Yes. Yeah. You push on the door. 
this tavern is like barely held together by like wood and nails. It's like it's on its last legs. It's survived so many volcanic storms and sun flares that it just <laughs> it looks so decrepit. But it is a built tavern. And as soon as you push on the door, you hear old timey Western music coming out of a jukebox. Just think that, you know, like plinky plonk piano, like just playing out and you see some people kind of look towards you coming in, but they don't pay you all too much attention. Um, but you see that this is a completely wooden tavern filled with people that you would, or races that you would recognize as like, you know, hog folk and bounty hunters and dwarves. And um, you also see in the corner male and female pole dancers that are like dancing to the, the music that's going on in this place. It's a it's proper... It's kind of a cantina vibe from Star Wars, isn't it? 100%. Like... 100%. Yes. It's very cantina. They're the Twi'leks. Very, yeah. very dark, very dingy, but just full of people having drinks and, yeah, having a merry old time as... Maybe criminals as white-collar workers. You see some white-collar workers in booths covered in soot like you are, Titus, just necking back blackberry meads after a hard day's work. Um, oh. Yeah, you are in this tavern. What would you like to do? I might just quickly nudge Titus and say, just be prepared. If they think you're one of them, they might ask you questions. So have some kind of backstory in mind. Didn't think about that. Good, good plan. <laughs> I'm gonna go bar? to the bar and get a blackberry mead. Vixen, you head to the bar. Anyone following? We're all going together. <laughs> we we are all currently rotating, uh, <laughs> walking together, back you to know, back. Like when, I don't know what it's called, but you know when people like do the step over each other. <laughs> That's how we're walking <laughs> in three. <laughs> It's like a, it's like I a, think they do, yeah. it's like a can-can walk, isn't it? It's like yeah, exactly. A, yeah. It is, yeah. yeah. They do it in like music, old music videos in like the sixties, don't they? It's something like the Beatles or like the Monkees would do. Um, yeah. <laughs> you all head to the bar, and you notice that although this wooden tavern is like old and rickety, it's got its own self-pour mechanism. There's no barman. It's just people with like. Oh. An honesty box, just pouring themselves their own drinks. Okay. But you see blackberry uh, mead on draft. You see a bunch of other like um, liquors and, and like alcohol and stuff. But you see that blackberry mead is on draft. You just pour it yourself if you want to. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Self self service. I was thinking, is there any way we this could go wrong? But yeah, self service. Cool. You guys. Weird sentence I'm about to say. Self-serve yourself. Um, <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, I'm gonna pop a couple of gold in the yeah in the in the box for everyone. Nice. You see, without even rolling a perception check with your passive perception, you see a couple of people uh, check that you do this or check that you are mm. using your money to pay for it, and then they avert their eyes from you once they see that you are being honest. Seems I'm the tallest. Can I scan around the bar to look at, look for anyone that looks like... What, what did Quilly say? You'd know who the person is when you see them. Yeah, I think Quilly said that like they would come to us and we would know them okay. when, when they'd make themselves known. So if anyone here is trying to make eye contact with us or maybe like trying to 
catch our eye, maybe that's the sign. But do we see anything like that, Ollie? Does anybody is anybody taking an interest in us, good or bad? Yeah, you see one hogfolken bounty hunter who's looking in your direction and kind of looks back to his drink and then looks back up at you guys and kind of nods if to say sup so hog folk and bounty hunters were after us when we were oh god was it you were driving after up the Iliad, river wasn't it? it was after Iliad yeah. when you were driving up the river serically with um fucking um our best mate Lutton Zager. Uh, Lake Lakeland's Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> so So very much could could be of could be quiddity contact or you know mm. might not be quiddity contact, might just be someone who's after us. Because we've still got we've still got a bounty on our head, right? We've still got all that sort of stuff happening. Yeah, we do. And the weird thing is now we're more notorious than ever because people know who we are because we won the champion games. But at the same time, they also know, like Ollie pointed out in the last episode, not to fuck with us because we won yeah. the Champion Games. So, yeah, maybe that's why you've sort of given us the look of, like, I'm not going to start anything. Um, interesting. Okay. Is it like a look of recognition or is it just like civil tr- civil pleasantries, Ollie? It's civil pleasantries, but it's also he's looking at you quite intently. Is there anyone else? Nothing that we notice. Any... You don't see anybody else looking at you around the bar. You've seen people look at you because of the drinks thing and everything, but but none who are like still looking at you now. They're all going about their business. Is there like a booth free? Yes. And you see that the hog folk and bounty hunter, as he's looking at you, nods to you to say, sup, and then gestures over to that empty booth. Yeah. Yeah, let's... right. That looks yeah. pretty, uh, pretty telling. Okay, well, uh, I guess yeah. Let's. Uh, I'll, I'll go over. I'll sit in the booth. I think we all we all go over perfectly synchronized. Yeah, <laughs> yes. and our, our weird little hot step movement that we've got. <laughs> also, we all sit on the one side of the booth as well. Yeah. <laughs> so he feels like he's in a job interview. <laughs> the hog folk and bounty hunter gets up from his booth where he's sat with a couple of, uh, a couple of other hogfolk and bounty hunters and he slides in the booth and sits opposite you all and he says how can I uh, how can I how can I help you free uh just wondering um oh this is so difficult isn't it because you don't want to play your ace too early they'll be like do you know Quilly <laughs> Um, we're looking. Just, we're looking for some information. Do we say that? Yeah, that's yeah. vague enough, isn't it? Good. No. Yeah. 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 We're looking for some information. What I will say, guys, is that you still have these headsets in your head, and you can absolutely talk to each other through these headsets without having to talk out loud to each other. So, if you want to have more of a conversation about stuff and say we okay. say this away from the uh, hog folk and bounty hunter, you can. Uh, hello there, good sir. We are looking for some information, please. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you have information? 
Yeah, I've always got information. Is there any specific kind of information that you're after? What information are you offering? <laughs> I love how this is just going to go around the houses forever. That's <laughs> just being like, the uh, the right kind of information. Yeah. And he's like, I've got lots of the right kind of information. <laughs> um, shall we? I'm going to talk in the headset to the boys. Shall, I, shall we just say, should we say, do you know Quilly? Oh, let's in in the headset. Like, oh, let's let's make up a name. <gasps> yeah, but then it. But then you go like <laughs> our, our friend Twilly <laughs> said that you know you've got, some, you've got some information for us. Do you know? Do you know her? And then we'll see what happens. Oh, good, good. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Am I saying that? Are you saying that? Yeah, I you say that. Throw off. This is very release the shark energy. I'm loving terrible, this. terrible <laughs> charisma. Here we go. Uh, but like, so I go, go to him. Um, we believe we have a mutual friend, Trilly. I have lots of mutual friends around here. Of course you do. Of course you do. He's playing NPC hardball. Is this a waste so of my said... time? This, is this a waste of our time? That's what. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's what we were can, right. So this is I... turning out to be a waste of time, is it? Who do you think that we are? I think you're a group of people who want information. And I think I'm the guy to give you that information. And you should give me some money for that information. What do you, what do you know about shipments? Well, they go from A to B. Great. <laughs> do you know much about... Um, <laughs> Hidden shipments? <laughs> they go from A to B, but no one knows about no, it. Yeah, 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 cool. yeah, that's right. They go from A to B, but sometimes they don't. Oh, this is comedy. Mark's going to crick his God. neck, and he's going to cast his own of truth. Ooh. He's going to fire down of truth. Okay. He's, okay. he's had enough. He's had enough. Um, what, what saving throw is that for zone of truth? Hold on. I actually don't know. Uh... I think it's wisdom, right? It or charisma maybe. Yeah. Let's have a look. Ah, uh, charisma. Uh, you create a magical zone that guards against deception in a fifteen-foot radius sphere centered on a point of your choice within range. Until the spell ends, a creature that enters the spell area for the first time on a turn or starts its turn there must make a charisma saving throw. On a failed save, the creature can't speak a deliberate lie while in the radius. Uh, you know whether a creature succeeds or fails its saving throw. Uh, an affected creature is aware of the spell. And thus can avoid answering questions which we would normally respond to with a lie. Uh, such a creature can be evasive in its answers as long as it remains within the boundaries of truth. Okay. This creature, this hogfolk and bounty hunter, knows that you've cast a spell on him. And he goes, mm -hmm. boys, they just cast a spell on me. Seize them. And then you see two other... No! Hogfolk and bounty hunter boys step up from the table and point pistols directly towards you. This hogfolk and bounty hunter that you're sat in the booth with then goes, look, I don't know who the fuck you are, who the fuck Twilly is. I just know you're not from around here. So whatever fucking money you've got on yourself, you hand it over right the fuck. And as he goes to say now, you see a samurai sword completely decapitate his head off and yes! smack, 
yes. into the wall. No sooner has this hogfolk and bounty hunter had his head completely decapitated off, you see the other two hogfolk and bounty hunters fire their pistols or their rifles into the air to like signal that shit's going down, and then they get absolutely split in half by another samurai sword. Oh my god. There's blood splattering everywhere, and all of these criminals start getting up and start going, oh, 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 and they start making it for the door. Arc, Titus, and Vixen, you see in the middle of this room a cloaked, hooded person, uh, five foot tall, who has just samurai sword decapitated these hogfolk and bounty hunters. You then hear commotion outside from other criminals who as friends have just been decapitated and destroyed, they start trying to rush in. This person with the samurai sword turns around and darts to another exit and like flies through an open window and tucks and rolls. Ark, with advantage, give me a perception check. Uh, natural 20. Ark, with a natural 20, as this assassin leaves through the window you have flashbacks to the smell of your own home what uh i am so that the assassin has fled out the window fled out the window with a nat 20 you get an aroma of your own house from the planet of Eden, and oh on the gosh. windowsill you see a feather Full speed chase them. <gasps> Full cheat, like literally dart. Don't even tell the guys what I'm doing. I've gone. I, I, he's done it. Said it so, done it so fast. He's we done it so fast. We have to stick together. We have to stick together. I'm gonna follow him. Yeah, I, I've gone to say to him, this is no time to lose your head. But he's already gone, <laughs> <laughs> and I realise I'm the last one to leave the booth. But I'm, I'm following the two of them. <laughs> yep, yeah, I'm literally just gonna be like, Ark, Ark, what the fuck? Wait, wait. Also, just, just for. Just for shits and giggles, can everyone else uh, just throw me a charisma saving throw? Because you you know, you know, are under Zone of Truth right now. Okay. Just right, to yeah. confirm. <laughs> the panic when that spell went wrong, boys. Oh my <laughs> god, the panic. Ark, you dash out the window. You are following after this samurai sword-wielding assassin. Vixen and Titus, you're following? Yes. Ark, you turn the corner and you see an alleyway and you see this assassin in the alleyway with five beefier criminals surrounding him and holding him, getting him by the shoulders and trying to hogtie him. So he's run into danger. What are you doing? Uh, I am going to drop Zone of Truth. Uh, I'm going to cast um, Spirit Guardians. So as I'm like flying towards them, uh, you're going to see these kind of like um, spectral. Um, well, no, they're, they're kind of really spectral ravens kind of thing. Um, just appear around me. I'm just going to fly right into the center of that group. You fly into the center of that group um, with five criminals around holding this assassin, this cloaked person. Ark, as you fly into the center of this, the residual wind from your wings whips back this assassin's cloak, pulls off their hood, and you see this assassin look you directly in the eye and go, oh, Dad? <gasps> Let's go, kid. 
And that's where we'll end our session. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! <sighs> if anybody was on the Zoom call with us right now, Adam Wilborn is floored. <laughs> <laughs> I threw myself back on the sofa. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for my players, Jamie, Amy, and Adam, for coming through and playing another episode of Dice With Death. You can follow us on social media, Dice Death Pod. We're on Twitter, Instagram. We're most active on Twitter, but come say hi to us wherever. Um, We're also wherever you can get podcasts. We're on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts. Wherever you get your podcasts, just search Dice With Death and you'll find us. And hey, once you've found us, or if you have already found us, go to patreon.com forward slash dice death pod and if you've got any spare income that you fancy shelling out towards us so we can make this podcast the best that it can be we'd really appreciate it jamie powers where can people find you online if they want to come at you on the social media uh, you can find me at jamu 1987 amy where can people find you online they can find me at the puddle of ooze that i currently am because my god it's hot <laughs> it is boiling right now in my house oh towards the end of that i was literally starting to hallucinate um oh it's uh, amy underscore mallet uh on most of the things uh adam wilborn where can people find you online oh sorry for the delay uh i have uh plans with the in-laws coming up to visit tomorrow but i've just cancelled them so we can record another episode because i have to know what happens next <laughs> have, to. have to boys we need to go again quick you can find me across all social medias at adam wilborn and don't forget leave us a five-star rating on uh, apple Podcasts, spotify wherever you get your podcasts from very simple trick roll and uh, roll roll a d20 plus five and whatever you get that's however many stars you give us thanks very much <laughs> thank you so much for listening to another episode of dice with death we can't wait to see you on the next one say goodbye guys goodbye. Bye. Bye.